Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Thank you so much for coming back for another week of travel news, travel tips, and of course, some travel chats. Well, have you joined the Travel Club yet? I hope you have, because we are going to some fantastic places this year. Advantage International, Traveling Culturati sponsor, is celebrating 25 years. Yes, it's our silver anniversary, and we are going to celebrate in a big way this year. One of our signature trips is going to be Croatia, and we're calling it Sapphire silver and diamond the 25th anniversary is the silver and yes its principal partners are turning sapphire and diamond this year so we're celebrating it all and if you have something to celebrate come with and we'll celebrate you too the dates are going to be july 29th through august 6th a privately chartered small cruiser with only 17 cabins on board so very small very exclusive, wonderful luxury on board. The food is amazing. Croatia is an amazing destination. We're going to go into Split and depart out of Dubrovnik, and you'll get to see some islands and experiences in between. One thing I want to tell you is that some of the folks that went with me in 2021 are coming back because they had such a great time and felt that the food was amazing, the experience was amazing. And of course, having your own private cruiser is amazing in itself. Again, July 29 through August 6th, head on over to the website, travelingculturati.com and come with and celebrate with us. Whatever you're celebrating, we're going to celebrate you too, because it's because of you that we are celebrating our 25th anniversary. Well, today, healthcare professional Yolanda Como is here with another edition of Staying Healthy While You Travel. This is actually Staying Healthy While Traveling While Black. (laughs) Yes, we are tackling common diseases that are prevalent in the African-American community, along with tips to travel safely. Yes, very, very important that you prepare that you make sure that you're healthy enough to travel. And certainly, if you're dealing with any conditions or issues, it doesn't mean that you cannot travel. It just means that you need to be prepared, that you need to have some travel tools, and you also need to travel safely. So we're going to talk about it all today. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. But you know what we do. We always start off with some travel news so that we can keep you in the know. For all of my folks in Chicago, well, O'Hare International Airport is restoring terminal transfer bus service. It has already restored it, actually. And this is the airside bus service between Terminal 5 and Terminals 1 and 3 will resume operation. And it will simplify layovers for millions of passengers who connect through the nation's second busiest airport each year. The Chicago Department of Aviation has made this announcement. And, you know, again, if you're in Chicago, you may already know, but certainly if you're connecting through Chicago, you'll want to know that O'Hare International Airport has been undergoing some renovations. 
Terminal 2, where Delta used to be, has been shut down. And many of those airlines have moved over to Terminal 5, which is the international terminal. So now you have some domestic and international flights leaving out of there. It can make it a bit congested at times. And at one point they had stopped the bus service that was going between. So they now have the secure airside bus service between terminals five, one, and three. And give yourself plenty of time. It's something that you always want to do. It was suspended back in March of 2020 which dramatically improved convenience for passengers arriving on the flight terminals one, two, and three. But then of course, with the shutdown of terminal two, it'll give terminal five significantly improved facility with 25% more capacity. So it's just a good move all around for efficiency and overall improvement. But you wanna definitely know if you're departing out of, returning to, or connecting through O'Hare International Airport. One of my favorite hotels, Virgin Hotels. If you've ever been at one, you'll fall in love with it, as I have. It has a nice funky vibe and kind of laid back. But of course, it still has your creature comforts. But the very first Virgin Hotels location in New York City is now open for business. Richard Branson, founder of the Virgin Group, which Virgin Hotels is a subsidiary of, has opened a brand new hotel in the heart of New York City. The hotel marks the company's entry into the New York market. It's sixth in the United States and it's seventh in the world. Ahead of schedule, the doors to the New York City location of Virgin Hotels opened. You don't get to say that often, ahead of schedule. Press release revealed that the hotel will officially open in spring of 2023, but guests can already take advantage of the convenient location and the modern amenities. The hotel, which can be found at 1227 Broadway, in the middle of the Nomad District, takes up an entire city block. A dynamic and modern aesthetic permeates its 460 guest rooms, suites and penthouses, 39 floors, which also has a variety of entertainment venues, an outdoor pool club, several dining options, and a co-working area. The Virgin Group's Cruise ships, airlines, and hotels all provide upscale amenities and personalized service. The new hotel boasts a variety of distinctive services and facilities that will also impress their clientele and echo some good memories for those who spent their childhoods frequenting the Virgin Megastore, a former city landmark. So with the accommodations, each chamber features a wall of windows stretching from floor to ceiling allowing guests to take in the sights of the city. It also has two distinct spaces that are trademark of Virgin Hotels, the dressing room, which enables visitors to get ready and unwind and comfort and features a full vanity desk with a mirror, a closet for two and an extra large shower with a bench, a smart TV, a yoga mat, cafe, work table and red S. M-E-G mini fridge filled with reasonably priced comforts. And, you know, if we say reasonably, that means a lot because what mini bar is reasonably priced, a.k.a. those $10 macadamia nuts. <laughs> Every now and then it's like, I've got to take it. I just have to do it. You keep looking at it, especially late at night. But there's also the brand's patented ergonomic lounge bed. Then there's the lounge. Aside from pet-friendly amenities for 
pets. Guests will also find sensor-activated lighting that turns on when they walk in, and visitors looking for the ultimate in luxury can reserve a room in Sir Richard's Flat, a beautiful 2,800-square-foot suite found on the hotel's 35th and 36th floors. Two bedrooms, including a large master bedroom, a walk-in bathroom, of course, opulent fixtures, and spacious duplex. So yes, a lot of features there. Looking forward to spending some time in New York at Virgin Hotel. I'm so glad that they are now there. The Wyndham Hotel chain and program, they have launched Black Hotel Ownership and they have 18 deals so far. Last July, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts unveiled an effort to help Black deal makers, franchisees, and developers join the club of hotel entrepreneurship. The U.S.-based hotel franchiser updated the media recently about the U.S. effort, saying it has signed deals for 18 hotels. Wyndham, which calls its program BOLD, standing for Black Owners and Lodging Developers, highlighted two Black hotel investors as examples. They are twin brothers, Doobie and Chuchu Ajuku. They had invested before in residential and commercial real estate as co-managing partners of Vana Partners, or V-A-N-A Partners, but they hadn't considered investing in hospitality until the Wyndham program. Participating in Bold by Wyndham has not only enabled us to break into competition, and competitive markets with immense growth potential, but also allowed us to leverage the scale and resources of the world's largest hotel franchising company. And this is what one of the twins, Doobie, said. The developers wanted a segment with strong long-term growth in markets that most excited them. It helped them identify the extended stay sector and a set of goal owning several properties throughout Florida and the southeastern U.S. with the brothers hoping to break ground on their first hotel, an Echo Suites extended stay by Wyndham Brand in Daytona Beach later this year. So again, Wyndham's program is called BOLD, an acronym that is for Black Owners and Lodging Developers. With so many flight cancellations and delays, especially that happened last year and over the more recent winter holidays, Department of Transportation Watchdog is going to investigate flight cancellations and delays. The Department of Transportation's internal watchdog made an announcement recently that it's launching a probe into the spike in cancellations and delays that have come in the wake of the pandemic. The Office of the Inspector General Audit will focus on the federal agency's role in these cancellations rather than the airlines. In a memo, the Inspector General said more than 30,000 of the delayed and canceled flights were attributed to issues in the national airspace system, such as heavy traffic and air traffic control. It identified disruptions that took place over the summer and during the Christmas holiday and pointed to staffing and weather as contributing factors. The IG wants to find out both the causes of the delays and cancellations, as well as the accuracy of the government's data around flight disruptions. The IG plans to conduct its work at Department of Transportation and Federal Aviation Administration headquarters. The IG also announced a separate audit of FAA's planned next-gen effort to upgrade their air traffic system, a multi-billion dollar infrastructure program. Hawaii locals want its tourists to be more respectful. 
Hawaii had one of the more strict 2020 lockdowns. So the 2020 shutdown of Hawaii tourism left lasting effects on the small isolated state. With COVID now largely behind us, 2023 is now experiencing a travel rush. Hawaii is no stranger to being a huge popular destination for travelers across the world, but locals have mixed feelings about how the future of tourism should be handled. From the lockdown to the future, travelers were no longer allowed to visit the 50th state. Residents received a rare glimpse into uncrowded beaches, spacious hike trails, much less traffic and no lines to the best restaurants. Some locals enjoyed the peace and serenity of Hawaii so much that they called for an end to tourism entirely. But of course, that wasn't going to happen. While that may be a stretch, it was enough to catch the eye of the local government. So the Hawaii's Visitors and Convention Bureau launched a new program to educate visitors on how to approach their stay in a more respectful manner. It's called Ma'lama Hawaii, roughly translating to Take Care of Hawaii. This program is designed to embrace travelers instead of pushing them away, an opportunity for travelers to show they can give back to this beautiful land rather than take from it. So some key words of the native Hawaiian language to note, aloha means love and fellowship. Yeah, we say it's hello and goodbye, but love and fellowship. Kapu, do not trespass, which means to respect the land. Ha, aha, ah, which means humility. That's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, healthcare professional Yolanda Como outlines common illnesses affecting African-Americans and how to deal with them when traveling on the Staying Healthy While You Travel edition. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com. And while you're there, join that travel club. Yes, we are going to Croatia again. We went in 2021, but we're going back in 23. Advantage International is turning 25. So big celebrations coming up. Cruising from Split to Dubrovnik on a private small cruiser. Some call it a yacht, but it is a small cruiser. Only 17 cabins on board. We are going to have a ball from Split to Dubrovnik. Cooking classes, practically diving for oysters. We're not going to get in the water, but we are going to pull them up out of the water and eat them fresh. Fantastic wines of Croatia, some kayaking, sightseeing, and some partying on board. So you want to sign up for that. And we're working on some other destinations that we will have for you for 2023 and for 2024. And now, Javon's Travel Minute. Please take your information seriously when making reservations. Yes, this is a vent and a rant because I've had a hard day today. (laughs) As a travel professional, I'm tasked with collecting personal information and important traveler information that I must then provide to the airlines, hotels, and other vendors. Improper names, date of birth, email addresses, physical addresses, and phone numbers can be costly for all parties involved. And 
could subject you to being denied boarding, reservation cancellations, missed flights, and departures, and more. We, like many, prefer to receive the information via an electronic form to minimize and avoid human error. Since it is sensitive information, the following are very important details. Name, as it appears on the passport. Don't give me your nickname. (laughs) Don't omit crucial names like hyphenated names and so forth. Date of birth, gender, dietary restrictions, special needs and requests, a working and checked email address, and a correct physical address. I can't tell you how many times I send an email to someone and they say, well, I don't even check that email anymore. It's like, what? why did you give it to me? <laughs> this is our form of communication. In today's environment, communication is electronic. So you have to make sure that you're giving proper information so that you don't miss out on important details. You wouldn't think it is necessary to reiterate this. However, if you only knew the number of errors and avoidable stressful situations we deal with, that are costly just because incorrect information was given. You too would vent. This is Javon, and that was your Travel Minute. Today, Yolanda Como, healthcare professional, is joining us again. She's back in the house with staying healthy while you travel. Yes, we like to keep you healthy while you travel. We don't want you to stop traveling because you may have an illness or a condition. And we want to focus on those conditions and illnesses that affect Black people the most. Yes, I know it's not Black History Month anymore, but Black History is 365 and health should always be top of mind. Welcome back, Yolanda. Thanks, Javon. I'm so happy to be back to discuss this important topic. You're right. It is 365 days where diseases and illnesses affect Black Americans, and we need to be on top of it. We need to learn how to better manage our conditions. One thing I want to address, and that is, I feel good, (laughs) so I'm not going to do the things I need to do, and then all of a sudden I feel bad, and you think it came from nowhere, but it's because you haven't been maintaining. You're not maintaining. You're not maintaining, properly managing your condition by doing the things in the beginning, you find out, you know, you have this condition by going to the doctor and they prescribe whatever medication, they run tests, and they give you appointments. You have to continue to go to your appointments. You have to take your medications daily or regularly. And when you fall off and you're not doing those things, then the condition becomes worse. The reason I brought that up is because I find it a lot of times with travelers. Mm -hmm. Well, I hadn't really been taking it because I've been feeling pretty good. But now you're on a trip and you're in a foreign country and things are flaring up. And I have dealt with it often. And then it will ruin someone's trip. And it could be very dangerous for their life. And now you're in another country where you're not as familiar with the healthcare system. And there's extra stress and fear involved in being in a foreign place and having to go to a doctor or worse yet, a hospital. Definitely. I mean, I find it here in the United States when we receive patients from other countries. They don't speak the language. You're trying to communicate with them. You're trying to understand exactly what happened or what conditions they have. And it can be tasky. Only because the health care provider wants to best be able to treat you. They want to treat you properly and so you can have a good outcome. 
and be on your way back to your homeland. And same with your travelers. You know, if they go and they're having flare-ups, the other country, they want to know everything about you and to figure it all out. But the best way they can do it is communicate with you properly and understand what is going on, what's happening. I'll tell you a few incidents that we have as we go along, and this is why we both really wanted to do specifically. So what are the top conditions that African-Americans are dealing with health-wise? Definitely one of them is diabetes. You hear some black people say your sugar, mm-hmm. the sugar levels or the sugar is high. Well, diabetes is a condition or disease that causes high blood sugars. Your body either doesn't make enough insulin or can't effectively use the insulin that it makes. And it is a disease that is more prevalent in black Americans than any other nationality. So untreated blood sugars from diabetes can damage your nerves, kidneys, eyes, you hear people having vision problems, and even organs where you can go into renal organ failure if it's not properly managed. Overweightness, heaviness, obesity can also contribute to a condition such as diabetes. So it's all the things that can happen Mm -hmm. if you have diabetes. Yeah, so it behooves you to get the condition under control and managed where you can have a good life. You can manage your diabetes and still have a wonderful life. I mean, many, many people are, but it's up to you if you are diagnosed with this condition that you get involved with treatments and treating yourself and properly managing the state of it. I think one of the issues as it relates to travel is that we go on vacation and we want to enjoy ourselves. And a lot of times that will come at the expense of your health if we're not careful. And you can't always just throw caution to the wind. You can still enjoy yourself, but I do see that often, especially with the groups that I take when I do see some things happening that we have to stop everything and take care of. And usually it comes down to something that was avoidable. I know some things won't be avoidable. Some things will just happen that we understand, but it's those incidents where something could have been avoidable. So how do we travel with diabetes? diabetes. What are some of those travel well, tips? Well, first of all, you need to see your physician and ask them if it is a good thing to be traveling with your condition. If they say yes, and you tell them, is there anything you need to do different and maintaining blood sugars and staying on track and just follow your doctor's orders. You should be doing self-check blood sugars. You can purchase those portable devices where you can check your blood sugar as often as you like, any time of the day, as much as you want, just to make sure that you're in range of normal blood sugars. Blood sugars occur not just from you eating foods. Mm-hmm. Blood sugar can go high because of stress and the stress of the trip can cause your sugars to be higher. So depending on if you're running for your flight or the flight is a little longer than you anticipated, that can cause stress on you. You know, you just want to get to the destination. So check your blood sugar, do what you need to do to get it in a normal range. And usually that's taking your medications, maybe even giving insulin to yourself, giving yourself an injection. And make sure if you are traveling that you bring the proper equipment to give yourself injections and to dispose of the injection. I'm glad you brought up delays because that too can throw us all off. Like we get to the airport on time and then boom, the flight is late. It's two, three, four, five hours late even 
or a flight is canceled and that added stress, but that time period that you're talking about plus different time zones. And if you're not thinking or setting those reminders that you need to take medications or to treat your illness, I can imagine how that could be a problem. Yeah. And as I said, taking in your different foods, it's not the only thing that causes your sugar to go off. Yes, the foods do. But know what you should be eating. Don't eat something on this trip that you know is going to send your blood sugar to the moon. And you're not going to have any means of really getting it back into a reasonable range. So, I mean, I know we all want to try different things. We want to experiment. But if you really know that you can't have it, please try not to have it. Your carbs, that's a real no-no. You have to watch your carbohydrates when you're taking in. You do that when you're at home. So you kind of have to do that while you're traveling. If you're going to France, you've been to France, you're going to be going back to France. Yeah, they have all of these bakeries and pastry shops along the way. You know, you're walking down the street, croissants and macaroons. chocolate croissants. Yeah, macaroons <laughs> and chocolate croissants. If you know you can't have that or... Just you know, bite. if you can't have a little <laughs> bite of something, I can see. But trying to have a whole entire dessert, that might be testing. Yeah. Well, I tell you, one of the things that I get often, especially on a scheduled group tour, we leave in the morning, typically after breakfast, and we may be gone all day. Now, typically with us, we will have a lunch scheduled on a full day tour. So we're not going to keep you out all day and not take you to lunch. But that lunch might not be until one o'clock in the afternoon. And so many times I get people coming and saying, when are we going to have lunch? Because I'm diabetic and I have to eat and my blood sugar is low. And how do we manage that? Yeah, I mean, you can take snacks. If you have just eaten breakfast, usually you go to the buffet breakfast. You can take a little snack from the hotel restaurant that you haven't finished eating, make me an apple or a piece of fruit or I don't know, maybe some biscuit crackers or whatever you think that's going to get you through to lunchtime. So you have to take it in your own hands because we can't stop the entire program. Yeah, Uh, I mean, unless there's a health emergency, of course, because someone needs to eat when they could have brought a snack with them. But even if you're not diabetic, because when I travel, I always bring snacks. I always have like a bag of snacks and my carry on and always on me because of that reason. We're waiting to go for our group lunch. You can be snacking on the ride there or on the long bus ride that we're taking. Right. So just think about just packing a little thing of snacks. Also, like if you're checking in the hotel, you may want to find out if they have the proper storage device in the room. If you have insulin that you need to store Mm -hmm. in a cooler environment. So if it doesn't have a refrigerator, they can always bring a refrigerator up to the rooms. Yes, they can. If you ask a hotel, and especially if it's for a medical reason, because not just for medicines, but mothers traveling who are breastfeeding and they need to store their milk, they have to provide you with that. Definitely. That should have been top on their list. In fact, when they're registering with you for the trip, they probably should ask those questions too. Yeah. And we do have a section for special needs or special requests. So what other conditions are we talking about? Heart disease, hypertension. You probably heard of hypertension as being high blood pressure. And once again, black people, we're always giving ourselves these names for our conditions, (laughs) our pressure. (laughs) We always have to name something and and often give it a nickname. I never forget when the coronavirus came out, it was called Rona, (laughs) the Rona. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, unfortunately, hypertension, it runs very deep in the black community. It's one of the leading causes. Of heart disease is one of the leading causes of conditions in the black community. And it's known as a silent killer because a lot of people do not even realize they don't even have symptoms before they are diagnosed. And the reason why they end up being diagnosed is because their blood pressure has gotten so high and so out of control where they do begin to feel the symptoms, but sometimes it's too late. And so if we are experiencing those symptoms but haven't been diagnosed, what can some of those symptoms be? Headaches. They could end up having excruciating headaches. They probably always have had headaches and they probably were taking whatever they would take for a headache, but never thought that it was anything more than just a headache, hmm. but it's probably the blood pressure is out of control. When it's really bad, they can have headaches and nausea, find themselves throwing up. So I guess and if you're having them frequently, it's something you really should look yeah, into. Yeah, they might even begin to have chest pain or some achiness in their chest. So that's what really takes them to the hospital. Hmm. And that's when they find out that their blood pressure might be some outrageous number, maybe 200 over 100. So don't ignore those symptoms and ideas and those contributing factors? The contributing factors is just like diabetes. It can attack the organs. It can cause vision issues. You can go blind because your blood pressure is so bad and has burst like blood vessels in your brain, your eye, your eye vessels. It can also damage the heart, mm -hmm. okay, where you can end up needing not necessarily a heart transplant, but definitely placed on medication. It can also throw your, once again, organ failure. Find a lot of that with untreated diabetes, untreated hypertension, that your kidneys and arteries and everything are so damaged that the kidney, the organ is no longer viable. Let's say someone has been diagnosed. What should they concern themselves with when they are traveling? If they're going to put themselves on a proper medication, when they're taking their medication, that they continue that medication regimen as they did at home. I know I can't throw them off because you are in a different time zone, but you don't want to stop taking your medication. Right. I think that's what I want to say here. Because a lot of times newly diagnosed people with hypertension, they'll take their medication only when their blood pressure is high. Or when they think it's high. Or when they think it's high. Because a lot of times they're not checking it with a portable device. That's true. But I do want to emphasize that with people with hypertension should take their medication regularly and consistently. Because if you take it just because you think it's high or it is high, you're not going to put yourself on the right schedule. The blood pressure is not going to be treated properly. It okay. sounds like if you're not taking your medication regularly, then you're not regulating your condition. That's true. Which too. means it can be out of control because it, it's not being regulated. And then when it's out of control and if it's out of control for prolonged periods of time, that's where the damage comes in. Mm. You're damaging heart arteries, you're damaging organs. So if you're taking it regularly and keeping it at a reasonable blood pressure rate, then you are preventing any progression of any organ failure or heart damage or heart vessel damages yeah. and stuff. Now, what is recommended if you are taking medication and you're traveling where you're in a different time zone? Should you stick to the routine from at home or should you adjust to the new time zone when it comes to taking medications? You should adjust to the new time zone. So if you're on the plane all night and you just took a pill just prior to getting on the flight, when you arrive in the next country, it's morning again. Mm -hmm. 
take your medication as though it's morning at home when you were taking your medicine. So you're adjusting to that time zone as if it was the time at home. Right. Okay. If you take your medication in the morning, you take your medication in the morning in the time zone that you're in. And I have to say this because this has happened on a couple of my trips where someone has packed their medication in their checked bag. And so they don't have access to it and they needed it. Or if you're going on a long haul trip, And depending on what medications you're taking and how often you're taking them, you could be missing a couple of doses. You can be. And it's just going to make your blood pressure go higher and higher and higher if you can't get it, you know, your hands on anything to treat it. Or any medication. I just wouldn't want to trust. Even when I have my vitamins, they stay in my carry-on bag. I just don't want anyone else to have access to it. Exactly. I mean, because your bags can get lost. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you won't have them at all on right. the trip. So you definitely should keep them on yourself, on your person at all times. You know, put them in the overhead bag when you do your carry-on baggage yeah. onto the plane. Would you recommend traveling with a blood pressure monitor? Yes, I do. If you're one of the people whose blood pressure isn't quite under control, and if you are checking blood pressures, a lot of people don't check their blood pressures at home because there's really no need to as long as they're doing it regularly. And if you're seeing your doctor regularly, there's really no need to constantly check it at home. But if you are one of those people who are checking pressures at home, yeah, you can bring a device with you. And they make them so small now that no one would ever know what it is or what you're doing. So, yeah, I do recommend that. A lot of people who have hypertension, they're overweight, Mm -hmm. a little obese. So you want to stay active, find some activities to do, maybe even lose a little bit of weight. And when you're traveling, you know, they have weight rooms and health clubs and hotels, especially those five-star hotels. But it may not be the time to start. (laughs) No, it's not the time. Regimen that you're not under doctor's care and that you're not sure of to overexert yourself well that's one of the things that they do when they're newly diagnosed the doctor will tell them immediately right away you have to lose weight Mm -hmm. we know it's hard but you have to become active write down exactly what you do on a daily basis a lot of people are just couch potatoes or they're not getting any activity and COVID has really put a dent in people's activity in their lives yeah it it turned us all Yeah, because they haven't been traveling at all. And with hypertension, too, I do want to say you can be quick to probably develop blood clots if you're Mm. traveling, just sitting around on the flight. So blood is pooling, not circulating very well. And that's another reason why your blood pressure should be maintained and kept in a good rate. So poor blood circulation. And if you do have poor blood circulation and clotting, you don't want... DVT or deep vein thrombosis. I did a travel minute on that a long time ago, but deep vein thrombosis is when that blood clot moves and it could then become an embolism in your lungs or even your heart area. Yeah. And I do want to say that if you do have conditions, it might be a good idea to wear a med bracelet, a medical bracelet, mm-hmm. especially if you're traveling to other countries. And what's I saying about the communication part about this country trying to collect all the information with you, what exactly is happening. If you had the bracelet, that would help move things along as well. You know, let's see the bracelet and say, hey, you know. This so it's, it's universal, globally recognized. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good tip. Now, you also have here kidney disease and organ failure. Yeah, the conditions that I was just talking about, diabetes and hypertension, it can definitely throw you into kidney disease and stage renal 
where it has damaged your kidneys so bad because your conditions have been so uncontrolled or unmanaged that now your organs are totally failed. Yeah, I didn't realize that kidney disease and organ failure was so prevalent in the African-American community. Yeah, because when those conditions are not managed, particularly hypertension, those vessels get destroyed and you don't have blood filtering down into the kidney mm-hmm. arteries, the renal arteries. And yeah, it can really throw the arteries of that organ and destroy them. And you see a lot of people on dialysis because their kidneys have failed. Some people go for treatments three and four times a week. Yeah. And the treatments can last up to like four or five hours. Oh, wow. I know a couple of people, but it was a kidney condition that they were born with. So it was oh, kind of okay. a lifetime situation with dialysis. Can you travel if you need dialysis? You can travel, but you would have to make a lot of arrangements, like making phone calls. Well, you can also just communicate with your dialysis center and your primary care doctor to help you along to guide you who you need to speak to in terms of arranging. They just need to know exactly where you're going, where you're going to be at at what exact time and for what period of time you're going to be in those areas so that you can get your treatment while you're away traveling. I did have one traveler, and she did make all of these arrangements ahead of time. She contacted our office to really ask about the itinerary and calculating the date for her and, you know, taking a day to say, I have to find, first of all, where are their centers, where we're going to be, because there may not be a dialysis center where you're going to be. And sometimes our itineraries are on the move. We're not in one location for the entire time. But she managed and she was off maybe a day, but she said as long as she's within a certain period, she would be okay. But she mapped it out. Well, they have a dialysis center in this location, so I need to make sure we're going to be here and I'll be able to get to it during that time. So wonderful. I'm happy to hear that. I know in her case, she can do it, but it did take a bit of work on her end yeah. I to, can only to imagine. make that happen. I can only imagine because, like I said, some of the treatments are two, three, maybe four times a week. And, you know, they're taking up and it's last three to five hours or even more in yeah. the chair trying to get the treatment. So arranging that, it has to take the cumbersome yeah. to get it arranged. I just really want to say something as a travel professional and one that leads groups that we've had a few. It hasn't been an overwhelming number, but it's been enough where, in my opinion, the person just wasn't healthy enough to travel. And the reason I say this is because of these specific situations. In one situation, the person never saw outside of the hotel room or a hospital upon arrival. got sick the day of arrival. And again, I think starting with maybe it wasn't a good time to take that particular trip. But in addition to that, knowing after calling EMTs to the room that she hadn't taken a few doses of medication and that started in the United States. So she was several dosages behind and had a laundry list of conditions, was high blood pressure, diabetes, just to name a couple that I can think of. And so she couldn't stay the night in the hotel. We had to get her to a hospital and then the hospital kept her for seven days. So that was the entire trip just to get her healthy enough to travel back back home. home. Had another incident where a gentleman was heart disease 
and had pacemaker and defibrillator. It was up for replacement, but he decided to go on the trip instead. And unfortunately, the equipment didn't make the trip. And he had to spend the time in the hospital in Thailand. And he had to get a pacemaker and all of that there. Another woman traveled with me and I noticed she just kept falling over and losing her balance. And I thought, is everything okay? But I then learned that her doctor had advised her against traveling because she had collapsed veins. And so the reason I wanted to bring that up, and this may be the trip of a lifetime for you, but then is it really if you spend it in the hospital? hospital? So it's not a good idea to take a long haul trip and trip of a lifetime, especially if your doctor is advising you not to. Again, just kind of taking that into consideration, you may be at the point where you say, I'm going to take this trip. This is a trip of a lifetime and I don't want to pass up this opportunity. But as I said, the woman that traveled with me to Italy never saw anything other than a hotel room for a few hours and then a hospital room for the duration of the trip and was only then made healthy enough to travel home. Yolanda, thank you so much for joining me again today. But we've had so much to talk about and so much information to give. We're going to carry it over to the next segment. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you head on over to the website. It's travelingculturati.com. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. Today, we're continuing our conversation with healthcare professional Yolanda Como and staying healthy while you travel. And one of the reasons is that the culture of our society means that I'm seeing a longer list of health conditions and medical requirements when traveling. Well, before we talk about COVID, because it is still a thing, it's not top of mind anymore. And many countries have rescinded their COVID travel protocols or people just aren't checking as much as they used to. But before we get to COVID, I just really want to say something as a travel professional and one that leads groups that we've had a few. It hasn't been an overwhelming number, but it's been enough where, in my opinion, the person just wasn't healthy enough to travel. And the reason I say this is because of these specific situations. In one situation, the person never saw outside of the hotel room or a hospital upon arrival. It got sick the day of arrival. And again, I think starting with maybe it wasn't a good time to take that particular trip. But in addition to that, knowing after calling EMTs to the room that she hadn't taken a few doses of medication, and that started in the United States. So she was several dosages behind and had a laundry list of conditions, was high blood pressure, diabetes, just to name a couple that I can think of. And so she 
couldn't stay the night in the hotel. We had to get her to a hospital, and then the hospital kept her for seven days. So that was the entire trip, just to get her healthy enough to travel back back home. home. Had another incident where a gentleman was heart disease and had pacemaker and defibrillator. It was up for replacement, but he decided to go on the trip instead. And unfortunately, the equipment didn't make the trip. And he had to spend the time in the hospital in Thailand, and he had to get a pacemaker and all of that there. Another woman traveled with me, and I noticed she just kept falling over and losing her balance. And I thought, is everything okay? But I then learned that her doctor had advised her against traveling because she had collapsed veins. And so the reason I wanted to bring that up, and this may be the trip of a lifetime for you, but then is it really if you spend it in the hospital? hospital? So it's not a good idea to take a long haul trip and trip of a lifetime, especially if your doctor is advising you not to. Again, just kind of taking that into consideration, you may be at the point where you say, I'm going to take this trip. This is a trip of a lifetime and I don't want to pass up this opportunity. But as I said, the woman that traveled with me to Italy never saw anything other than a hotel room for a few hours and then a hospital room for the duration of the trip and was only then made healthy enough to travel home. And there are many other stories I'll save. Well, you're saying all that and I know you always emphasize travel insurance. Yes. So if you are going to venture out and take that risk and go against doctor orders or even yourself, you know, questionable if you should go or not, make sure you get the travel insurance as well. Very important. The gentleman that traveled with me that had the heart condition did have travel insurance and it covered his procedure in Thailand and covered the expenses to get back home. Some of the others did not have travel insurance and had to pay for the hospitalization and all of those other things on their own. Wow. Yes, so just to take precaution and don't go against the doctor's orders. orders. So it's the last thing we should think about. Not the last thing because we know there's other things, but what we're talking about today. Yeah, well, I want to talk a little bit too about, I don't know if you heard about it, but obstructive sleep apnea. It's a common sleep-related breathing condition a lot of African-Americans suffer with. And the treatment is sleeping with a machine called a CPAP. And what it does, it gives positive pressure, a forced pressure of air when you're sleeping and you start breathing. And a lot of times if you're sleeping with someone, they know that you're not breathing. And there's periods where you start breathing. That's why they call it sleep apnea. So you sleep with this machine and it knows when you're not breathing properly and it gives this forced pressure of oxygen and air while you're sleeping. But a lot of people, they don't really like wearing the mask because some people are claustrophobic. There's many reasons why. But the machine and the mask helps let you sleep throughout the night and you wake up feeling refreshed, all of those things. But I wanted to talk about it because I see a lot of people traveling with their machines. I have seen an increased number as we do our traveler intake form where before I may have had one every so many trips. Now I'm getting at least one on every trip. And on our most recent trip, we've had like up to five requests (laughs) for CPAP and requests for distilled water. And so I'm seeing it more and more. So I wonder what's happening where we are seeing an increase 
where a lot more people are being diagnosed. A lot of people are not diagnosed who suffer with the condition, but a lot of people who have decided to see doctors regularly and they're not sleeping properly, they just are being diagnosed, like being told you need a sleep study and yes, boom, you have sleep apnea and you need to wear this machine while you're sleeping at night. Well, I can tell you I'm seeing it more and more and I guess that makes sense that it's not that more people have it now or it could be a combination of that, but mm-hmm. more people are diagnosed yeah, with it now. So before not knowing. So when we're traveling, I've never seen a CPAP machine. So how do we travel with it? Is it big? Is it small? They come in different sizes. And it's almost like little carry cases. The size of... You've seen the little cosmetic bags? Yes. Yes. That's what they look like. And some are the regular size cosmetic bag or a larger size cosmetic bag size. Now, are there some that are designed for travel or it's just the CPAP machine and then travel with it? Right. It's just a CPAP machine. But the thing that makes it more cumbersome is the accessories for it, the items that you need to use it with. And that's like you said, just the water, but they can't bring water on the plane. Right. So that's why they're looking for it. But before, like domestically... Well, I don't even think domestically now you can take water on the plane. You have to buy it or get well, it your, nothing your more than three ounces. Yeah, no. but you well, do unless need, you put it in your checked bag. Right. If you're traveling abroad, you do need certain adapters because you have to plug it in at night. It doesn't run just on batteries. Okay. And that was going to be my next question. What do you need to use it okay. if you're traveling? As if you're traveling internationally. You need an adapter, but would you need a converter? You don't need a converter, just a universal adapter. So it's a small enough motor that doesn't require a converter, but you definitely will need the adapter in order for you to plug it in. Now, what about sanitation? Because I would imagine if you need water and... They can Uh, clean it prior to leaving. It doesn't have to be cleaned daily or anything. Definitely weekly device does need to be cleaned. Now, you mentioned on the plane. I mean, the requests that I have gotten is that they're using it at the hotel, at the destination. So are there conditions that are severe enough where you're going to need it on a plane ride? It depends on the patient. First of all, on the plane, people really don't sleep. I mean, do they really sleep, sleep where you I do. <laughs> I pass out. Well, if they are on a plane, you're going to know if they really need to sleep with the sleep out because the <laughs> snoring will uh, be so loud that they need some kind of assistance with support there. Can you use it on the plane? Because a lot of aircraft, especially if you're in economy, you're not going to have access to power. I haven't seen anyone want to see PAP on a flight. Okay. Plus, people are sitting upright. Yeah. So that's helping them keep the airway open when they're sleeping because that's the problem Mm -hmm. that's why you're having periods of apnea when you're sleeping you're sleeping you're lying down and you're obstructing your tongue it's like going back and locking your airway a little bit Mm -hmm. but by you sitting up I don't think that happens as much okay so that's my take on it there just is going to require some planning some consideration but I do want to say those who are compliant with that machine you will see them with it. Yolanda, thank you so much for joining me again today. It was my pleasure talking about it because it just gave me a lot of reminders of, yeah, you're right. Traveling and you have intense conditions, you have to bring along equipment. Remember when to take medications, you know, schedule 
things, dialysis, and oh yeah, it's a lot. It certainly is, and it doesn't mean that you can't travel. It just means exactly. that you have to take plan. a little extra time and plan, and you can mm-hmm. still enjoy the wonders of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen,